You're listening to the Rugged Legacy Podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Putnam. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Rugged Legacy Podcast. Right now I'm joined with the proprietor and founder of the Family Alpha and the co-founder of the Fraternity of Excellence, good friend of mine, Hunter Drew. He is a father, a patriarch, a husband, and a man who's just trying to make the world a little bit better by helping men get better themselves. So Hunter, thanks for coming on, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, I felt it was only fair. I've been on your show several times. And so, you know, I was waiting for the call. I've heard of all these great guests you've had, all these great conversations. I was like, he's going to get me someday. I'm going to get on the list. Going to get you. Uh, I think uh, my whole thing was I'm going to go for the biggest fish possible and you're like five one so <laughs> <That's excellent. laughs> uh, so uh it'd be hard to believe that some people probably don't know about you so it's a little bit of background about who you are and what you do man yeah i am hunter drew i run the family alpha which is my blog and then from there that turned into my blog and my podcast my blog, my podcast, my YouTube, it just kind of spiraled out. And I write about family, fatherhood, marriage. You know, there's a lot of overlap between what you're doing, what I'm doing. We've got the beards, you know, we're sitting just talking about men being men. And it's not really confined to any specific topic. It's just life. And then from there, came across Craig James, him and I co-founded the Fraternity of Excellence. And that absolutely changed the game. Yeah. Uh, I'm at, you know, obviously, you know, but others may not know I'm a member of the, of the fraternity of excellence, but uh, there's a lot of guys out there who have no idea what the FOE actually is. And uh, to me, it's a haven for men to finally be able to find a men's only space and interact. Cause you know, if you add any woman to a conversation or to a scenario, men are going to act different, but guys need that just guy time. It used to be the barbershop or, or the pub or whatever. And they kind of got saturated when people, you know, wanted to be more inclusive, but you know, it's something that's kind of waning and we're starting to see a little bit of a resurgence of it in, you know, today's society of men's only spaces where men can just be men. And, uh, but the, frater- uh, the fraternity of excellence is more than just that. Uh, so what compelled you to decide, you know what, we need to do something and create this virtual and online community of men. If I had to peel all the layers back and sort of do an assessment of self, when I left the Navy, like I loved the military. I did eight years active duty. I was an engineer. Uh, my last three years, so deployed twice, five years on an aircraft carrier. My last three years, I was an instructor. I absolutely loved it. You know, it was a great time in my life, but I could not be a good sailor and a good father. Um, You're just gone too much in the Navy. And my personality is, you know, I truly did, you know, country before family. So I was volunteering for every training. I was volunteering to just leave. Even though I loved my family, I loved being with them. That was my job. And so I wanted to give everything I had to it. And I, knowing that, I was like, hey, I got to get out. So I was like both the instructor of the year and the sailor of the year. And I walked by my photos of myself walking out and I'm like, all right, at least I went out on top. You know, this is cool. I had a good thing going. So it's not, I just want to make sure 
it's clear. I did not leave because I did not enjoy it. I enjoyed it very much. But when I left, I was like, I can be involved. I can, you know, coach my kids sports. I can make sure I'm not going to miss Christmases. I'm not going to miss these major events. I'm going to watch them grow. And to me, that was more important than anything. And the reason I told you all that is because when I left, I still had gas in the tank, you know, and I missed the mission. The mission goes on, you know, even though you got out, you know, the brotherhood that goes away. You know, I moved back to Rhode Island. We lived in Massachusetts for a little bit, but we moved back to New England from North Carolina. And I was like transplanted from my, my dudes, you know, all my brothers, the men that countless memories, lifelong memories, you know, we got along great. You know, you snap your fingers and 30 people are at your house type deal to being at home. And I'm like, Hey, I'm having a party and maybe two people show up and it's my mom and dad, <laughs> you know, it was just an entirely <laughs> different element. I'm like, this is weird. So I started writing and then I started connecting and then I ran what's come to be known as 31 DTM. So that's 31 days to masculinity. The way that came about was on Reddit, I saw these guys needed, you know, some like cohesion, like you need some direction for guys to work together. And I thought about boot camp and I thought about ways that all this stuff, you know, it forges bonds that kind of transcend just internet chat forums. Like you actually care about that person instead of like, oh, that's just a username. So I turned 30 in February of 2017 and I decided to dedicate, I was going to be 30 days. So it's going to be 30 days you know, my first month of being 30, there's actually 31 days in March. So I was like, all right, guys, we're doing this campaign and it's going to be called the men of March. And we, it was, I, I, I keep using the term game changer, but it really did like all the rules changed, all, everything we're doing changed and other people saw it, you know, other people started making their own programs. Cause they're like, wow, this really works. So these men, we all came together for 31 days and we, we challenged ourselves. We're running around right now. Uh, you actually, we were on a zoom earlier today with the guys. And you challenge yourself physically, mentally, spiritually. There's a lot of banter that you don't see. It's not that common. There's a lot of, you know, you're kind of jabbing one another, a little bit of shit talking here and there. But men also opening up and burying their souls to each other. You know, men speaking like men and saying things they could never say to their wife. They could never say to their friends because they'll be judged. Or they'll be like, oh, you're weird or ostracized or something like that. So we went through. And guess what? Like lifelong friendships were made. Businesses were made. Men turn their marriages around, you know, men who are suicidal, like very, very close to the edge of just ending it, found purpose again. You know, and these men stuck together and guess what? Week after week, we're checking in with each other, you know, and all of a sudden, six months later, we're running another one and then we ran another one. And then in December of 2017, we ran December of Discipline, which was like the winter version. And that was off the chain. It was the most insane because we introduced video chats. We hadn't had those before. We had a private community. We didn't have that before. It was all on Twitter. And in, inside there, uh, Craig James and I, we had spoken earlier about a business uh, coming together and creating a, a community. And inside there, I'm like, dude, this is it. So I messaged him. I'm like, if we can do this, I'm in. I'm 100% on board. We can make that happen. And then December of Discipline turned into FOE. And then we just evolved that. And the, the constant between all of this is that it's men only. There is a standard and expectation and men are coming together and they're, they're always living this, this neutered, apathetic life. And I, I can't stand it. We get men to feel highs. It's okay to share passion and joy about something. And if you're sad, it's okay to be sad. Feel that. Go into the dark abyss. You know what? Go be depressed, but then come back to the group and fix it. It's okay to face those demons. You have to face them to improve. But if you do it with a group, you're much more likely to succeed because you realize somebody else gives a shit. 
and nobody wants to be the weakest guy in the group. So they keep pushing themselves inch after inch after inch until they've gone a mile on the right course and they've saved their freaking life. Yeah. You know, you mentioned that, you know, when you left the Navy, you just left behind all your bros and it's probably the most unpopular opinion uh, out there, at least in, you know, a woman's mind that men need the company of other men. And that goes away a whole lot when, you know, a guy gets married because you hear those stories all the time where a guy get mar- a guy got married and then his best friend never saw him again, you know? And, and, and yeah, there's the expectation that you're supposed to be there and present with your family but then you just end up this shell because you've taken away, you know, a core part of who you are as a man, which is your tribe, your brothers. And there's so many out there right now. And I think that's what attracts uh, so many of these men to the FOE is that it's an actual brotherhood. It's a tribe, you know, it's men who from every kind of different walk of life, you know, with various backgrounds, various issues, various viewpoints and faiths and ideologies. But the one thing they have in common is they're all fucking men and they all fucking face the same kind of problems as men when it comes to whether interpersonal relationships, romantic relationships, work relationships, relationships with themselves. But if they're living that isolated, you know, a, a man on an island kind of existence, just, you know, with his wife and children, they don't see that they're not alone in that. And, and so I think that's what brings them into the FOE to be like, holy fuck, I'm not alone. I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I have an email that should be going out tomorrow morning. It's called marriage killed your life. And it's on exactly that. You know, they get married. All right. I can't go out with the guys. I got to sell the motorcycle. I can't, I got to sell the boat. I'm not hunting anymore. It's like, whoa, man, you know, let's just not even talk about how, your relationship just identified you and changed everything you were. And let's not even talk about the fact that that woman who married that guy now has him like neutered and changed. So that's probably not going to work out too well for him. But also there's the element of people think that because they liked your Facebook status or because on Twitter, they retweeted something that you're connected and social media has us more isolated than ever. You know, we think that on these platforms, we're checking in and hanging out. When's the last time you had a phone call? with one of your friends. When's the last time you went out and you had a beer, a, grabbed dinner, you ran an obstacle course race, you did something like that. That's how you maintain accountability. And that's how you have a sense of belonging, which is desperately needed in today's day and age. And you, you see it, guys, they're, they're almost, almost brought to tears when they can finally admit and say, guys, this is what I missed and this is what I needed. I, I did not have a brotherhood. I did not have a group of men. I did not have an inner council. I had nothing, it was just me. And, and honestly, we're, we're social creatures, even men. And you see in society, everybody say, oh, you know, even when they talk about FOE, when they talk about any pro-male anything, you're compensating, you're all gay. You know, what are you trying to make up for? What do you guys do? You know, you run around in the woods and drink beer and grow beards. I'm like, yeah, that's part of it. <laughs> I mean, like, what's wrong with that? You know, everybody likes to like smash it, even other men, because it's, it's like men getting together triggers something. And it's like, oh, you know what that something is? Those men becoming independent. 
you know, those men ready to fight to get off the plantation, those men who are going to actually start reclaiming their lives and getting back to living on their own terms as opposed to following those who are looking to control them. That's why people mock it. That's why it's constantly under attack. And that's why FOE is not going anywhere because it's needed. Yeah. Um, Ian Strembeck, uh, I was listening to a podcast and he was on there uh, yesterday and he had quoted something that he heard from one of the uh, – Colorado Rockies uh, baseball managers um, I can't remember the guy's name but he said every man needs his own personal Mount Rushmore and what he meant by that was every guy needs at least four other guys that are basically his Mount Rushmore the guys that he can go to that are his his strength that are his brothers that are that have his back that are the ones who if you call them at two o'clock in the morning and say, Hey, something happened, all four of them are going to go, do I need to bring a shovel? You know, those guys. And you really don't see a whole lot of that, especially with, you know, the isolationism that comes with the expectation that you're just supposed to be this, this fixture in the home with a wife and children that you pay for. You know, and I know because I lived that life for a little while. I did. Um, it wasn't until last year when I started going, all right, screw it. I'm going to make some real connections with some real guys and start actually having friends again. Because I was that loner who I went to work and I went home. And that was my life. And I was going nowhere. I was like spinning my friggin' wheels. But now my life has never been more amazing than, than it is right now because I'm not just doing all this dwelling on all of my shit. I get to find meaning in helping other guys who've been where I've been. I get advice from guys who have been where I'm on my way to and they help me get through that. And yeah, you're absolutely right. Places where, men can just come together with camaraderie and brotherhood are definitely needed. You know, I, I don't, I don't really understand why it's such a stigma now though. I don't, I don't understand what uh, the issue is and why there's so much of the uh, pushback and mocking of it. When you'll likely, there's likely, you know, look at feminism, you look at just the development of society, you know, governmental wanting to have control and keep people calm and neutered and, you know, not angry. If you're comfortable, you know, you're not going to lead some kind of revolt. There's, there's always those, those aspects to it that people could probably break down who are much more well-versed than I. But when you talk about the man who doesn't have the friends, who doesn't have the connection that you were saying of men who have been where you are or where you're going, you know, people seem to complicate it. You know, there's a time where you went out with your friends or you went out with your bros, you went out with your team or whatever, your fraternity, and it was the last time and nobody knew it. Nobody knew that was the last time you're going to play in that street together. Nobody knew that's the last game you guys are going to play together. It's the last time you're going to call each other. Everybody says, hey, I'll keep in touch. I'll keep in touch. But that's, that doesn't happen. People are too busy. You get caught up in life. And you can go months without even thinking of that person, even though you were literally hugging them and telling them how great and you're going to be bros till the end and you're going to die of old age together. You know, like, like some like bromance on the mountains, you know. And then it just goes away. <laughs> and we complicate it further by trying to fix it with hours and hours of therapy when all you need is a friend who gives a shit you exist to say, don't be a pussy. That's efficient. 
That's to the point, and that will help you fix yourself. But therapists can't say that. And we don't want it to be that simple, but that's what it is. Hey, you're sad because you and your wife haven't had sex in months. You haven't worked out in years, and you have zero mission in your life outside of go to work and come home, and maybe somewhere in between, you'll have birthday sex. That's, that is not a healthy existence for a man. Don't be a fucking pussy. Get your shit together. You know, go down here. Learn how to keep, keep things attractive in your relationship. You know, uh, we talk about gaming the wife, you know, having fun with the kids. Instead of being the dad who's always on the sidelines, why not go out and play catch? Say yes for once when they ask to hang out. You know, we, we complicate the ever-living hell out of this. Look, go live a life. That's all you have to do. And don't, don't portray a life lived. Don't do something so you can share it on freaking Instagram. Actually do the thing. Have a good time in the process. Yeah. I don't even know if I answered your question. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, <laughs> God damn it. It's not hard. It, it, no, it, that was a pretty good rant. But I like what you said. Don't portray a life lived. Actually go live it. And I think that's what a lot of guys do, uh, especially since, you know, the kind of a rise of social media. Everybody gets on there and he goes, hey, look what I'm doing. And, you know, you do it. I do it. But the difference is there's so much more that happens off camera that isn't recorded, that isn't shared versus I did this one thing just so I could take a photo and post it. Exactly. And that's where having yeah. a group and that's the, and that, comes into effect. You know, FOE, hey, cool, you did that thing today. Next month, I'm checking in. You still haven't lost the weight or you still haven't kicked the, the vice. You know, there's not just this little highlight reel where you can hide. Like, like we're doing right now, I can see you, you can see me. We both better be better in a month from now. Whether that's financially, spiritually, whatever some area of our life is, it's got to be better. Right. Yeah, and, you know, portraying a life lived – it's kind of like escapism, you know, the guy who pretends to be better than he is because maybe his online life is better than his real life, but he doesn't do the actual work in his real life because he's too busy worried about, you know, the validation he gets from the clicks or the likes or the retweets or whatever. People, oh, your life is so cool. And he's like, yeah, it is. And then when he logs off, he's got a bitter wife who hasn't touched him in months. You know, he's got kids that have zero interest in anything about him. And he's just, going to drag his ass into work on Monday morning and hate his life and bitch about it with the other guys at the water cooler. You know, as you because he doesn't, that, he doesn't want to do, <laughs> you know, he doesn't want to do the work required to make his life better than what he shows on social media. It's like playing a game. It's like people are, are upgrading a character they made and that, that character is them on social media and they're trying to grow. I'm like, Oh, look, this guy did this and this guy did this but they're still playing a game. They're still the guy, you know, sharing the photo, but it's, that's like their version of a controller. It's just, they're, they're, they're LARPing. It's an RPG. Yet when that screen goes down or Facebook goes down, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, they turn around and the man in the mirror is not the man who's on that, that internet forum. Yeah. And I think at some point, everybody's kind of been there before they have the, uh, the wake up and realize, Oh shit, this doesn't match. You know, these two things don't quite go together with each other. Um, you know, that art of self deception is really easy to get lost in. But, you know, like you said, when they have a group of guys and it doesn't have to be the FOA it can be just three guys that they happen to talk to all the time at work and decide, you know what, let's go camping this fucking weekend or whatever, you know, you can't bullshit the guys you see every day. 
You, know, you can't. Oh yeah, I've been going to the gym regularly. Well, you're still 487 pounds, and you're wheezing because you peeled an orange. You know, <laughs> you can't bullshit those guys. And you know, I think things like that are very important. It's it's nice that you know I have as many kids as I have because I can see the brothers, eight of them being boys, uh, actually developing their own little miniature brotherhoods with other kids. And I get to see little factions kind of spring up. And you can see it. Well, I, I got to do this. Why? Well, because so-and-so started working out. So now I got to go in here and, you know, start lifting some more weight. Because I can't, I can't let him get bigger than me. Fuck that. Yep. <laughs> you know, so it kind of feeds into that male competitiveness. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, outside of just being something that's good for men that they need, on, you know, like a spiritual and biological level, it also helps with the life you're trying to get control of and the life you're living with, you know, the relationship with your wife, the relationship with your kids, your, your own parents, your siblings, your colleagues and associates. You know, a lot of these men that are just wandering around lost – is because they didn't really have a dad or a father figure that had the time to engage with them. And so they're kind of passing that cycle on to their children, which I know you are uh, getting ready to release a product for fathers. That is true. And, you know, fathering, yeah, fatherhood in the uh, the modern times, I believe I thought as I was. Yep. But so – I guess get a little bit into that. What's uh, what kind of brought you to the point where you know what I've been doing all this with uh, men being better men, being better fathers, being better husbands to make you want to specifically just focus on one for at least for this part, just focus on the fatherhood aspect of it. I don't think there is any greater role in life to be played than that of the father. I think a father in a child's life is the greatest determinant, determining factor that, that there is. And you can counter, you say, well, moms, they're the balance to that. But, you know, like somebody has to lead the way. I think it's fathers, bias noted, whatever. Here's the thing. I don't like when people tell me Cancel. I can't, can't do something. I, I, don't, I don't like when people try to tell me I can't, you know, talk about this or go into that. So I was told, you know, fathers, all they have to do is provide a roof overhead and a meal on the table. And that's it. That might've worked in the twenties. That might've worked in the fifties. My children, anything they do could go viral on the internet forever. Their name could be tarnished forever. You know, somebody could be falsely accused of whatever. And then in this day and age, it's, it's rapid. It's expected, you know, men and women together. It's getting gotten weird. There's pronouns to deal with. There's a whole slew of minds in this sea of life that my children are navigating that I did not have to go through. So I, I, I'm countering that with this product. You know, in modern times, the role and responsibility of fathers has changed, but people aren't adapting to that. Technology has gone so fast before societal, like the rites of passages, have been able to add new courses onto the curriculum of becoming a man. So men are becoming fathers, not even realizing that the role they have to play is greater than the role their father played if he played any role at all. So that's why it's fatherhood for modern times. I'm going to talk about several topics and we can dive right into them that are unique sure. to now. You know, before dad could go from the house, get in the truck, go to the job, work the job, come home, 
high five the kid, watch a TV show, crack open a beer. Life was good. The kid had a rite of passage. Society supported that. There was a way for that boy to become a man. That woman stayed at home, took care of things, or even if she worked, she had her role. Things were just naturally working. Now, that isn't how it works. When you come back from your job, that job, which may or may not be loyal to you, you know, it's not like before, 20 years, you get your pension. You know, you have to look out for you. You have to look into what your, your wife is doing, what your kids are doing, all these things that weren't really an issue before. Because now we've got social media, we've got cell phones, we've got things that are changing the game. And some of the things I push is specifically for fatherhood, getting involved and getting presence in your children's life. That's one of the first lessons on it. So it's a whole PDF, it's a book, and it's all immediately applicable action items. I don't like fluff. I'm not a theoretical guy. I like, hey, tell me to do this thing. I can go out and do this thing today. Simple, straightforward. So it's a, a PDF that has, I think it's like 30 something action items. Each one has a video associated where I kind of go further into detail. But it's getting you and your kid's life. Going out and playing catch with them is an easy one because I coach baseball. You know what? There are times where I'm tired. I guarantee there are times where you're tired. You know, you worked a hard day. You're trying to run your business. And the kid's like, hey, will you help me with this? Or can we go do that? And you're like, oh my God, that is literally the last thing that's going to not, that's like not going to help me benefit or go further in my endeavors at all. But yeah, I'll do it because I want them to look back and be like, yeah, my dad was there. My dad showed up and guess what? I might lose some sleep because of it, but I'm there. I got the reps in and my kid's going to be a better human being instead of being raised by, you know, or sorry, indoctrinated by his public schooling or whatever. Yeah. You know, when putting it that way, it makes a lot of sense. I didn't, I didn't really look at it that way. In my head, the role of the father has always been the same, which is to lead. And that is more of a, uh, an all encompassing kind of statement. And you can break that down into, you need to turn your, your boys into the kind of men that you want them to be. And you have to be the kind of man you want your boys to be in order to do that. Uh, You know, Obviously, there's virtues and values there that take in place of that. And with your daughter, you need to model the behavior of the kind of man that you would be comfortable with your daughter marrying and having children with. Uh, and again, there's virtues and values that all kind of f- uh, fall into that category. But the way you put it with fatherhood being different now than it was then, that's an interesting perspective I haven't really thought about before. And it's not so much that it's harder now than it was then. It's just a bit more different. And while everything that was needed in the 1920s and thirties from a father may have been, you know, taught or passed on and maybe a passive nature, but now with what you mentioned with social media and the internet and all these random you know, issues that are now coming up and becoming more and more prevalent. And today uh, you can't let them passively be passed on. You have to actively and aggressively uh, with intentionality pass these on. You have to be direct about it because now they've got all kinds of subliminal messaging that yours is going to get drowned out. You know, you said you weren't sure if it was harder than it was then. I think it is. I think life has gotten easier, which has made fatherhood harder. Because now you're, you're fighting against your own natural urge to relax. You know, like you don't have to go to the farm and, and, and tend the field. Our majority of us don't. You know, we live in a time 
where you have to intentionally find discomfort or you'll just be totally comfortable, but that makes you weak. You know, a man who's always comfortable is a weak man, which makes him a weak father. And our, you know, let's say three generations ago, they were worried about, you know, sent out to war, you know, the kids getting into pot and there really wasn't much else going on. Now you got to worry about your kids saying the wrong pronoun to somebody or, or getting, you know, challenged, you know, like that, that kid who wore the Trump hat. We're at the point now where it's just absolutely insane. The things that our kids are facing. You're talking about pronouns. I mean, I mean not pronouns. You're talking about um, like the, the subliminal messages being sent to kids. Like not only is, is that being sent through entertainment and whatnot, but by a lot, like physiological level, the foods that are now being pumped out as well. And the message is that it's okay to be healthy at every size. You know, there's nothing wrong with being fat. Like, yes, there is. There's so many things wrong with being obese, you know, <laughs> uh, to include a shortened lifespan. Let's just start there. It literally kills you faster. You know, you can't experience a full life. You know, our three generations ago, I don't think they're, we were at that level. You know, they probably had like cocaine still in Coke. But I mean, at least it was uppers, you know, <laughs> like at least they were doing something that <laughs> it, it wasn't worried about, hey, it, you can be a It made you more productive. <laughs> Seriously, you know, they're, they're telling you that you should be comfortable being a beef goblin. And that is just, there's so many messages about sexuality, about weight, you know, it's just insane. And as dads, a lot of us, so I'm 33 years old. My dad <laughs> was like, there wasn't much of like a rite of passage of sorts. I just kind of was expected work hard, be disciplined, rah. You know, there was no, well, here's how you talk to girls or here's, you know, how you, here's strength training. You know, we didn't teach those things. I do. No, obviously not girls yet. My son's 10. We're kind of hitting that point, but proper nutrition. I talked to my son and daughter about that strength training. I talked to them all about that, you know, having goals and ambitions, you know, looking to build your own dream and not rely on a company to, to allow you to have a dream. I have those conversations with my 10 and seven year old now. That's normal to me. That's, that's what people should be doing. You know, you should be arming your children because they're in a world where if you give them cereal for breakfast and they're eating garbage at school and they come back and you, you eat a little hot pocket for dinner, your kid's going to be obese and have type two by the time they're 15. You know, that's the world we're living in and that's common now. Yeah. You know, like I said, maybe back in the day, you know, it wasn't so much that some of these problems didn't still exist, but you didn't have to fight so hard to combat them. And now it seems like it's just a never ending onslaught, you know, and I'm, I feel like I'm fighting an octopus at times, especially with as many kids as I have and all their various friends and influences as they have. Dude, and you have more kids than octopus has tentacles. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's a hell of a lot easier uh, to be able to teach them these things if I'm living these things. You know, my kids, they see me work out every night. You know, my kids see me faithfully get my ass up and do the duty that I have to do, whether it be, you know, going to my job or coming in here to record or even, you know, just taking their mom out for a nice night out, you know, things like that. And then they see the way that we live, the way we engage with them, the way we talk to them. And it makes it a whole lot easier that they see that. So they have something to compare it to rather than me just telling them while I'm sitting on the couch, you know, 
cheese dust all over Cheeto dust all over my fucking fingers saying, you know, you should probably eat healthy, you know? And there's a lot of fathers out there who are very busy. You know, you're one of them. I've one of them who tend to think that things are still the way they were. You can just tell them what to do. And if they see that, well, look at the house you guys are living in. Look at the job your dad has. He's got insurance benefits and da 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 da. You guys are always have food, so he's doing it right. But that's not just it. There's so many more elements to it that I think a lot of times fathers have in in their mind if they don't get active with it is that, well, they'll just understand. They'll just know what I mean by this, and they're able to infer what they should do by just by only observing me rather than having me actively teach them. If that, that makes, makes any sense. sense. Yeah, no, it, it absolutely does. And it made me think of this great example, which totally is going to, this man. All right. I talk a lot about marriage. So today is Jack and I's 17th anniversary of dating. I asked her to be my girlfriend today, 17 years ago. And we've been married for, I think, 12 of them. When I talk about, so 12 years of marriage, people are like, oh, well, people have been married for 20 years. People have been married for 30 years. So here's the difference though. When people talk about time in marriage, we've been married for 20 years. Yeah, but how many of those have you been laughing? How many of those have you been having great sex? How many of those are you still a team and still having fun and still developing as individuals as well as a relationship? It's not the time of your marriage, it's the quality. Not the quantity of years, but the quality of the marriage. I don't care if you're married for five years, that's better five years of happiness than 50 years of absolute walking on eggshells hating each other. Now to your point, having a job, that is not the point of life. Yes, you might have a more stable job, you know, working at whatever. Me, I, I work online now. This could be ripped out from under me, but I am so much happier because I'm living my life on my terms. I decide when I get up, I decide when I stop, I decide when I work, when I don't. I choose when I vacation. My boss can be a little bit of a dick. He has me working a lot of hours recently. But <laughs> the thing is, your boss is a dick. I, I've met your boss. Your boss is a dick. <clears throat> people will say, Hey, why don't you get something stable? Because stability is not the point of life. I would rather this unstable position I'm in now and going out and having a good time. Fuck it. I can get a job if I need one, but right now I don't. So I'm not going to. So you're, it's not better just because it's more stable. We're putting all of our focus on the wrong metric of success. Exactly. You know, and that's why what, <clears throat> what I think of uh, so many fathers out there who are young fathers. You know, I was a father young. I think you were a father young. 22. 20. Okay. I was younger than you, but you don't know what the hell you're doing, but you just look at all these other examples and you go, okay, this guy, he gets up and goes to a nine to five, you know, he's keeping this safe and steady and stable. And like you said, that is not the point. You know, my kids see me get up and go to work because I still have a nine to five, but I actively talk to my kid and my kids, they're like my best little hype men. You know, I've, I recently got the entire local school district to want to just jump on board with rugged legacy, which is awesome. That's so cool. Uh, I keep getting emails from football coaches. Hey, can uh, you send me some of your stuff? Hey, where can I get, you know, where do you got this? Can you come and talk to us? Can you come and talk to the kids? So this is really cool, but rugged legacy is not stable. 
it's it's a it's retail you know some months are better than others but i tell my kids the fulfillment that i get out of doing this and from starting my own company and building something that may make me a millionaire or it may just lead me to a very comfortable lifestyle or it may just go up up in flames and i end up you know working where i am for the rest of my life that's okay if that happens but the effort and the energy and the drive and the momentum and the just sense of purpose and meaning that I have makes up for all of that because that's what men need. They need a purpose driven life. And my kids wouldn't know that I have purpose and meaning unless I actually actively explain that to them. Cause they're not going to just infer that from, well, dad goes to work and he runs a business. You know, I have to explain to them why I wanted to do the business in the first place, why I'm continuing to do it, what's exciting about it, the ins and outs of it. And, you know, and just last night, my five-year-old tells me, he goes, dad, I said, what? He said, uh, when I, when I, when I get to be a dad, I want to do what you do. I said, what do I do? He goes, you work and you love us, but you have your own stuff. (laughs) He's five. Like I said, man, it's simple. The fucking formula for the, for success is simple, you know, and some people find their nine to five to be their mission. We've got a few guys in FOE that love their job. Good. Like, I, oh, yeah. It's, it's and there's not nothing wrong with that. Exactly. It's those who they're just there. They're just droning on. They, like those are the guys I'm talking about, you know, and if your job is just a job and you go home and you've got, you know, your business. So how you're running it, it doesn't matter if that makes a hundred dollars, a hundred million dollars or, or whatever in between. All that matters is that your mindset is I'm a man who pursues my mission. Like you were saying, there's a purpose. So I, I do my job. That offers, you know, it allows me to, the job allows you to do the business. It enables it. It has a purpose. It's not just, oh, I go there and I come back and that's just what I do because that's expected of me. Like, no, man, everything should have intention in your life. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's frustrating to see so many guys who just, they don't have that thing, you know, that why. And they're just going through the motions, waiting for it to all be over with, because they think that's what they're supposed to do. But with groups like, you know, the Fraternity of Excellence or uh, Jack Murphy's The Liminal Order, uh, Ryan Nickler's The Order of Man, it's teaching these guys that there's more to life than just getting a paycheck and giving it to your family. You can do shit on your own terms. You can actually look, act, and feel like a fucking man rather than just a stand in ATM who takes up space on the side of the couch, you know, and now more than ever with everything going the way it's going, these groups are definitely needed. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Let, let's just kind of call it for what it is. There, there is an element too of, of fear that keeps these guys from going out because once you fall into that rut and you're comfortable, you don't find comfort in discomfort. So I think a lot of the men who are in that loop, they're afraid of, well, what happens if I stand on my own too and I'm challenged? What happens if my wife gets mad at me? You know, oh, I'm not allowed to talk to the guy. Like, whoa, man, how do we get to that point? You know, you see it on TV all the time. There's the browbeaten man child that is the husband or the father. And these guys are like, oh yeah, I relate to that. What happens when one of us cross paths? I'm like, no, there's a different way. Fear sets in. You're like, well, what is that like? And for the men who go down that path and they, 
yeah, you get uncomfortable. You start asking yourself questions you didn't want to ask. You know, you're blaming the wife when it's actually you. You know, you're, you are your problem. You're the problem to everything. You're also the solution. And I think if that fear can be faced, you know, these men, they can find, like you said, there's many groups out there. There's a lot. All they need, even if I'd actually honestly be happier if it was local because it has to happen in the real world. But yeah. these guys, it would be like instant improvement to their life. Yeah, and you know, <clears throat> as far as I actually mentioned that, the book that I'm writing right now, it's going to take balls for the reader to actually implement what I'm telling him to do. It's going to take balls because there's a lot of fear behind the reason not to, especially if they've been in a marriage where they are that brow beaten couch potato that basically just has a, a live in mommy that gives them birth, gives them birthday sex, you know, and that's a sad way to put it, but that's how it is. You know, one of the cool things is, all these guys who are coming to the FOE or are unhappy with the way their lives are looking for something like the FOE is they're that browbeaten man child and they're unhappy in their marriage and their wife isn't, you know, having sex with them. But if she has to be your mommy, she's not going to be calling you daddy. You know what I, I mean? hope that's in your book. <laughs> that is a great line. It is in my book. I put that there. That is, if that is she fantastic. has to be your mommy, there's no way she's calling you daddy. And again, it's, it's a lot of it's fear-based. They fear being honest and open about the things that they want and the things that they need and the things that they feel because they don't want their wife to get angry or wife to get mad or wife to look at them disapprovingly or dis be disappointed. You know, it's like those little white lies that they say they're telling to protect their spouse. They're not, they're, they're telling those little white lies to protect themselves from any kind of reprisal because they've got zero balls at this point to just say what the fuck they want and what they mean and be honest. And it's one of the most frustrating things, especially when you, when you've been there and then you made it to the other side and then you can look out and you can see other guys still living that kind of life. And you're like, if you only knew what you were capable of, if you only knew what your life could be. But that's the point to all this, right? I mean, that's, that's why we write. That's why we we're doing this podcast right now. You know, when you climb out of the hole, we, we say it all the time. You are then afforded the opportunity. You can throw a rope to the man who's still stuck in that hole, or you can just go and live your life. And for the people who choose to create content, they, they just, they're throwing ropes, man. Like they're, they're helping these dudes. And it's, it's my hope that a man finds a blog post or he finds a video or a podcast and maybe he doesn't resonate with it at that point. But, you know, a few months later when things get really dark, you know, instead of turning to, to that pistol or to the shotgun or, you know, to a rope, you know, to not climb, but actually to, to end things. I want him to think of that. Like, Oh, you know what? There's somebody out there who might get this. There's somebody out there who might be able to help. Maybe there's a way I can connect somebody that will take me. You know, and that's, that's why we're all doing this because the more resources out there, the more opportunities we have to help the men who are suffering and there's far too many suffering. Yeah, it's, it's become an epidemic. I think depression and suicide has risen exponentially in men uh, who on the outside look like they've got everything they want. They got the house, they got the wife, they got the kids, 
but they're well, still the missing character, though, one right? thing. Right? That's the character yeah, that's, that's happy, the, not that, them. Yeah, that's that's what you see on the outside, but inside they're just screaming out for some kind of mission or purpose or at least a reason as to why they do the things they do and why they're even trying to continue to go on. If they don't have that, they've got no reason to keep going. You know, and it's absolutely terrible. You know, one of the the most proud things that happens inside FOE is when, and you've seen it too, when the new guys will come in and they're kind of like, they don't really know how to do the video chats. They're not sure where to speak up. And then you start seeing them posting in the certain channels that we have. And then guys kind of start riding them, like kind of busting their balls. And then the next one, they, maybe they ask a question, but a month later, maybe two months later, they're sharing pictures of their family going out and smiling again, them and their girl going on dates. And then the next video chat, they're like, Hey, look at me, Mr. Confident, Mr. Competent. They're like, I'm back. And you see the fire come back and do Like I'm getting chills now just saying that, like, I can't, there's nothing that makes me feel that in, in anything I do, like to see those men reclaim it. And look, you don't have to, if you're just do one month of FOE and then you go out and you live and own your life, like that's the point. It, it sounds kind of, I don't know, ironic's the proper term, but I shouldn't have a job. Like I, there should be no red pill. There should be no manosphere. Fathers should raise children to where the only networking they're doing is like a mastermind group. You know, they're just coming together with other men who are motivated, not men who have to learn how to be a man. You know, it's, it's one of those where if we worked ourselves out of jobs, we did well. Like you've got rugged legacy. I just shift over and start, you know, being a model for you, I guess, or something. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, we could do that. Do we do a calendar shoot? 12 months of Hunter. <laughs> I got March. I get dibs on March. <laughs> uh, we'll do all 12 months. We'll just have you in different themes, a little Christmas and dangly jingle bells in places in December. Yeah, but no, I, I know the feeling you're talking about. Um, especially, it's 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 almost like when you see your kid who uh, wanted to learn something, whether it like use baseball for example. You know, when you see them, they're swinging or swinging or swinging, and they get that first fucking hit. They can get out; it doesn't fucking matter. They just got a fucking hit. They they connected with the ball, and all of a sudden they're like, "Bam! Okay, this is possible." So that means the next time I can get a base hit, or the next time I can get a double, or a triple, or a fucking home run. But they just have to believe that they can make contact one time. That's and that's, that's what brings that fire back is when they yeah yes <laughs> that's it. They just got to believe they can make contact with the ball just one fucking time. The guy that I'm and the only way for them to believe that is to get involved with other guys who are doing that and then do it for themselves. That no, that example is perfect. That the guy I managed with his kid, so we were, we were running practice the other day and he hit one and it bounced and it hopped the fence. And it's his first time ground rule double, first time he did it, but now he knows it's possible. And now my son saw him hit it. He's like, Oh, so my son started slamming. He didn't hop the fence, but he kept hitting the fence. So he's like right on the cusp of it, but he knows it can be done. Once you do it, like you said, and now let's transfer that to these men that we're working with. Once they, they say no to somebody for the first time, once they stand up and they're like, all right, here's where I'm going. I'm sticking with it. You know, they, they defend a boundary, whatever it is for them. They work out one week straight. You know, they keep some, they get a victory. They know it's possible. And once you know, like you said, once you know you can do it, there's no stopping you. You're good. Yeah. 
I think that's probably the best place possible to end on a note on, man. It's that like just punch the nail home. I like that. But, uh, uh, I guess where can people find you on social media if they want to connect with you and, uh, learn a little bit more about what the family alpha is and the, uh, fraternity of excellence. I am most active on Twitter. So that's at Hunter Drew TFA. The Instagram is the same handle. The family is the blog and fraternity of excellence is where the real work is being done. Yeah. All right, man. I appreciate you, uh, taking some time out of your not so busy schedule to, uh, <laughs> to do this podcast, man. Like I said, I've, I've been on yours multiple times and it's nice to finally be in the driver's seat until you know you're on my show now. No, I, I couldn't be happier, man. I'm so glad to see this growing <laughs> and spreading. Like this is, this is really cool and I'm looking forward to see where you go with it. Yeah. You know, one of your favorite sayings is the reason I did this is I got a case of the fuckets. So. <laughs> I'll never not laugh at that, man. <laughs> all right. Well, guys, thank you all for listening. Uh, hopefully there's something that was said between Hunter and I on this episode that you resonate with. And even if you don't think it's realistic for you, just give it a shot. I'm not telling you to join the FOE, you know, or, you know, any of the other men's only groups, but just don't, don't just be resigned to live life in the status quo. If you're unhappy and you're just this mindless drone going through the motions, you know, go out, live, you know, do something that gives you a purpose. Fine. I don't, I don't give a shit what it is. I don't care if it's fucking woodworking or putt putt, just find something that gives you a reason to get up in the morning. You know, if you hate your job, use your job as a, as a means to an end of finding another job that you do like or something you want to actually pursue. Just rearrange the way you're looking at things and just know that you're not the only man out there that's ever had these kind of issues and the kind of marital strain or parenting strain. Or if you're single, you're, you're not the only guy who just sit there in his apartment by himself on a Friday night and not know what the hell he's going to do with himself. But you can't just stay in that mode. You got to get up and you got to start moving and you got to find something that you can pour yourself into and have some sense of purpose. But that's all we've got for this episode. I want to thank everybody for listening. Be sure to tune in next week. I'm going to have uh, Tanner Guzzi and Jack Donovan, respectively, one day right after each other. So you're not going to want to miss those episodes. And if you like this episode, you can subscribe on. Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, CastBox, and pretty much any other podcast platform out there. That's going to do it for this one. Thank you all for joining once again. This is the Rugged Legacy Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Rugged Legacy Podcast. I hope you've been enjoying the content on all of the episodes, especially this one here. If you'd like to become a contributor and support this podcast, you can go to anchor.fm slash rugged legacy and click on the support icon. Everyone wants to rise from the ashes, but very few are willing to set themselves on fire. This has been a rugged legacy production.